Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lecture and be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's have our seat, please. Um, amen. Um, okay. Amen. God bless us all in Jesus' name. I hope we've had a very wonderful week. I will thank God for where God is taking us to. And may his name not, may his grace not depart from us in Jesus' name. I'll be sharing a couple of things this morning and I don't know, but do you, I don't know if we've all prayed, but I just want, I, I, I pray, you know, I, I pray that God would give us understanding as we talk about these things. Um, and God will grant us grace in Jesus' name. It is, it is a very, um, so we would, we would start, we'll start off by, we're talking about spiritual growth. We're talking about spiritual growth. One of the challenges for me as I try to talk about this topic is that you know, there's so much um, misconception about growth and what it means. We will start because we are talking about the month of prayer. We'll start from Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Now, Jesus was talking about prayer, and Jesus said that man always ought to pray and not faint. That means that Benny Hinn said something, he said, as oxygen is to man to breathe, so is, um, so is, is, is prayer to human. So is prayer to human. So basically, that's why Jesus said, man ought to pray and not faint. Another person will probably say, not give up. That means if you are not praying, you are, you are more likely to faint. But when we look at prayer from the way Jesus was putting it, Jesus said, when he was talking about prayer, in, um, he, 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 he said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, the next one, Matthew 6, verse 9, he said, he said, when you are, are going to pray, make sure you pray in this manner, our Father. Now, Jesus was looking at prayer, especially when he was talking to his disciple, from the viewpoint of you have a Father that you are talking to. And I want us to also realize that Jesus was not calling, he wasn't this prayer, the way he was talking to his disciples was not the way he was asking everybody to approach prayer. Why? Because you go to previous verse, where previous, uh, uh, John chapter 8, verse 38, the Bible says that 
I, uh, he said, I speak what you have seen, what I, I have seen with my father. And you don't, and sorry, and you do what, what you have seen your father do. Now, he was talking to the Pharisees. These were religious men. And if you go to verse 44, he said, you are of your father, the devil. So what I'm trying to say is that when Jesus was talking to his disciples and when he spoke about prayer, he wasn't talking about the prayer that he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't everybody he was referring to. Because there were some people who were turning up in the synagogue who were leading prayers and Jesus was saying, see, your father is the devil. So what does this bring to us? Is that when God talks about being a father, he also points to the fact that they are children. And when we talk about being a child, there has to be some element of growth as we go along. There has to be some element of growth as we go along. John chapter 3. Now, in as much as we think that this is Nicodemus, I believe that the body of Christ is still struggling with this same thing Nicodemus is struggling with. And the Bible says, and Jesus answered him and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's already old that he can enter a second time into, the, into his mother's womb and be born? The problem Nicodemus was having was that you're talking about being born. I am already old. How is it possible that I will become a baby again? I believe this is such a central problem in the body of Christ now that we do not understand we have the same problem that Nicodemus is having. You may not see it that way, but as we begin to go ahead, you would understand what I'm saying. First Peter chapter 2 verse 2 says, As newborn babies desire the milk of the word of God, or of, or, of the word, that you may grow. So what is that saying to us is that there is a time in your Christian walk that you are a baby. If I ask any one of us, can you remember when you are a baby in your Christian walk? It is not possible Nobody is born an adult. 
in the way, in the dealings of God, no matter who you are, when you are born, you are born a baby. Can I have the next slide, please? If this man gives his life to Christ today, this is what he becomes. If this man gives his life today, this is what it becomes. I hope that, and God will help us to understand that it is, if, if by afterwards, I, I'm very sure that, you know, if God has really spoken to you in this teaching, you would not turn yourself to insulting elders because there is a place for them if you understand what we are talking about. This is a struggle we have today in the body of Christ. Though this man may walk into the church, give his life to Christ, we do not realize that a baby has been born. Why? Because most Christians really do not understand how you can be called a baby even though you're a full-grown man. The problem with this is that you will not know how to measure your growth because as far as you are concerned, this is growth. Then we begin to hand over things to people based on this first part of it, rather than considering their development. This is the problem Nicodemus had. When Nicodemus said, I don't understand. How can you call me a baby? When I am already old. How is that we cannot, we don't, we, do we get it to that point? See, Peter would not write a scripture to babies as a desire milk. So when Peter was saying, as newborn babies, he was talking to elderly men who knew their right from their left, who are already, but when they gave their life to Christ, they became a baby. So the question is, do you know when you were a, a baby Christian? Was there a time in your life, even now, that you can know that I am still a baby? I am not saying, how old are you? I am not saying, when did you start to come to church? I am saying, do you know that you are still a baby? Because if you don't understand that you are still a baby, there will be problems. 
Does this make sense? Now, if we don't understand as a church what the Bible, what Jesus was talking about when he said, when Peter was talking about as newborn babies, when you see a baby walk through the church and behave in a particular way, you will judge them because you don't understand that a baby has just been born. Does that make sense? You will say you are, you should, you are old enough, you should understand X, Y, Z. And that is what is happening in the body of Christ. We say, you know, you should do by now. Don't, don't you know what you're supposed to be doing? But actually, you're talking to a baby. May God grant us understanding in Jesus' name. See, Acts chapter 19, I believe. Now, I just want to point out here that um, Paul was talking about when he went to Ephesus. Do we get to that point? This is just like a background story. So if you go to the next, 19 verse 7. Now, in Ephesus, he met men, there were about 12 in all. So when, the, Ephesus is the church in Ephesians. So when Paul was saying, at this background, we know that Paul went and saw elderly men. Now when you go to Ephesians chapter 4, this is Paul's writing to the Ephesians. Verse 14, he said, you should be no longer children. So when the Bible is talking about children, he's not talking about how long have you been here. He's not talking about how old you are. Because it would be wrong for Paul to be calling them children when he said in Acts already that they were all men. May God grant us understanding in Jesus' name. The Bible says in Acts chapter 6 verse 7, it says that then the word of God spread and number of Jesus, uh, sorry, disciples multiplied, and great number of priests. So, these men were already in service. They were already worshipping in the temple. But the Bible says they became obedient to the faith. That means they became born. So, you had a priest that now became a baby. Why? Because he was just born. Does this make sense? God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Let's go to the next slide, please. We'll see. Now, this is one of the challenges that I will have in the body of Christ. I will just paraphrase it as we. John the Baptist, Jesus said, John the Baptist is the greatest of all prophets that came. But I guarantee you, if John the Baptist were to be standing in the midst of this, of this level of the body of Christ, you will not believe it. Why? Because the Bible says John performed no signs. John never performed a miracle. But the Bible says all that he spoke about Jesus was true. And 
it got to Matthew, Jesus now said, I saw the I said to you, none of who is born among women, there is none that has risen that is greater than John the Baptist. Now, if you were to identify a spiritually grown man, you would say, ah, the one that's performing miracles is the one. But the Bible says he never did one. If you went, see, that is why, you know, I was talking to Sarah, I said, you know, the problem I'm having about this teaching is that the body of Christ is so, <laughs> it's so lopsided that you, are, you, you don't even know where to start because people have no clue what you're talking about. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Let's continue. Now, one person that dealt with this was, if you read First John. Now, these two verses, it talks more at length, but it puts your level of development into context. Now, please notice, like I said, he's not talking about children in church. He said, little children, I write to you because your sins are forgiven and for, for, for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. What was he talking about here? He is referring to levels of different levels of development. Addressing each person at each stage. I would address when I'm talking, when the Bible is talking about children. When the Bible is talking about teenagers, young men, in spiritual growth. See, there is no difference in your physical growth and your spiritual growth. The same characters you exhibit is the same character the Bible talks about. Does that make sense? So, let's move on. Now, there is something that is a challenge in the, in, 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 in the scriptures. There is something the Bible emphasizes on. It is called winning. That is taking a child away from the bottle. Every, in fact, in the scriptures, they normally celebrate it because it is important. Before you present, even when um, um, Samuel when God was going to take, when she was going to bring him to be used in the temple, he had to be first of all, winged first. And there are lots of people that still need bottle. And because nobody is checking, is this person properly winged or not? When does the winning start? Winning moves from when you are a baby to when you want to start to eat solid food. That's why Paul was saying, they said, I should be teaching you. He said, but I cannot serve you solid food because you are still feeding on milk. So, some Christians are still at the stage where they are holding on to that bottle. 
I, I don't have any parents that have been at this junction before. When you are checking if they are slept, so that you can sneak that bottle away, then they wake up. Because you are trying to, you are trying to entice them. Say, you know what? Because it is important. Let's go to Psalms, please. No, sorry. Now, before that, let me just quickly attend to something. Please um, go to that um, first John. Now, I want to first of all talk about, I'm going to go back and forth. I want to talk about exhibition of youthful, one of the challenges, why Paul was talking to me, Paul said, you have overcome the wicked one. One of what, one of the things that happen when you are young is that you think you want to conquer something. There's something new that you want to do. When you see a young Christian, they are, they are so tied up with the word that by the time you're saying it, they've already, they know where you're going. If they are still, they are still at that young age where, but you would see that there is no depth. They speak the truth, but the truth is not accompanied with grace. They can tell, they can pull you down, say, you know, criticize, there is no, they don't talk with grace. If they are still, they are still young in the things of the spirit. That's what their development is not matured. You say, what, 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 I know what I'm talking about. You know, I, you know, you see, it is, <laughs> you know, I was talking to Salah was it, uh, a couple of weeks, I don't know how many, was it, we were having a chat. And I said, I used to tell, see, there was a time when I, I would read, I read the word to the point that my prayer life began to go down. You've not been there before. See, when you think you can walk on water, because, <laughs> ah, this is what, he said, young men, see, you have overcome, there is nothing to, 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 you see, all this, hey, I discovered new revelation, you see, all those ones are good, but see, it is youthful activities, and I will show you to, from, from scripture, that's why the Bible is talking, that's why when he spoke to young men, say, young men, you have overcome, calm down, I don't know where, our mommy will probably be able to relate to what I'm saying in terms of age. I don't got to look at you. Know, you, kind of, you, you see that you know, as soon as you just see young people, you go, hmm. even at your age, you know, you, you probably see some teenagers now and you go, don't worry, you would, we've been there. We've been there. Yes, I mean, do, you know, what, 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 what are they talking about? Yes, I feel like, you know, is that. It is also spiritual. That's what he was saying. He said, young men, you have overcome. Calm down. And that is a part of spiritual development. I don't know if it's only me, but you will go through, if you are developing in the things of God, you will go through that phase. Where you would, you know, where, where everything is, you know, you, 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 oh God. But there is no, there is no grace, that is, there is no ability to what you're doing. 
he hasn't settled. That's why when we go to John, sorry, there's a slide after that. Yep. God bless you, ma. You know, um, after the baby. Amen. Yeah, the Bible says, John chapter 1, verse 14. The Bible says that, and Jesus came in flesh, and he dwelled among us, and his, we, we, we held his glory. His glory as that of a begotten, as, as that of, of the only begotten son of the father. Full of grace and truth. It's not only truth. There was grace in what he was saying. It wasn't just pulling people down. See, somebody spoke to Daddy recently and said, when he spoke to, he said the same word that, you have, that the person knew before. And first he said, I felt like a father spoke. Why? Because he's saying the same truth a young person will come and say. But he's saying it with grace. You will begin to, you would see, see, these are levels of spiritual development as we go on. Let's go back to babies. Yeah. Now, David said, surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. So that means that when they take my bottle away, it is my responsibility to calm myself down. He said, like a wind child with his mother. Like a wind child. Like a wind, sorry, like a wind child is my soul within me. Let's go on Genesis, please. The Bible says, so the child grew and was winged. And they made, and Abraham made a great feast. So when you see a child coming off bottle, you celebrate them. So also in spiritual things, when a child is growing away from, from feeding bottle, when you can, when the only thing you can talk to them about, spiritual things, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about depth of revelation, that's not what I'm talking about. Things that I can, you can have a strong word, a strong conversation with somebody, and they will not, because their system is already built. But a child, you have to, you have to make sure that you, you water it down, water it down so that they can drink it. That's what Paul was talking about. Then you see Samuel also, Samuel, the Bible says that Anna did not go up for, for, for she said to her husband, not until the child is weaned, then I can take you. Not until the child is weaned, spiritually, he can start to feed on solid. You can have a strong conversation with them. But if the person providing the food asks to first of all look at it, but, ah, you know, let us let us it is milk. It is milk. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Let's go on, please. I am going to, you know, as we talk about development. Now, these children, this was this guy was this young uh, boy was played violin at a concert. Has developed 
as their gift are, would you say that they are developed as a person? But what the body of Christ does is that somebody's gift, is de they are developing heavily in their gifts. And we categorize that as the gift, as the growth of the person. And you will see it as we begin to, as we begin to look at it through the scriptures. Is that, you know, people are, you know, you see, people, that's what we were talking about. When somebody can speak, when somebody can prophesy, when somebody can do things and the whole place turns around, the only thing that is developing is the ability to play the instrument. That person as, a, as an individual is still a baby. What are the characteristics of a baby? The whole house is about them. You know, in the house, you, only, you plan all your uh, activities around the baby. When you see a baby Christian, you can only entice them. In fact, he said to them, he said, when he was talking in 1 John, he said, he was talking about repentance. Why? Because one of the, and he said, you, the father has already forgiven you. Why? Because you have, to, you have to keep assuring your child every day that you love them. Because when, the, when you buy, uh, what's it called? When you buy biscuits for them, their favorite biscuits, ah, that is the best dad in the world. But the day you don't buy it, then you discover that their mind has changed. Those are still Christians at the level of babyhood. That's why he said, see, the father has forgiven you. See, they, they are, their mood swing moves with the way they feel. So, and when you see a baby, one of the things they do is that anything they see goes in their mouth. Anything they see. That's why when Peter was talking, he said, look for sincere, look, undiluted ones. Not the ones that, because a child, everything that they see, if it looks good, they just take it. At that stage, you know, anything that, that's why the Bible says that they are being tossed through and fro by every wind of doctrine. Ah, this is the latest one that is going up. Oh, it is charged. It's a charged charge environment. Hey, they go there. It's a charged environment. And, this, and you know, you can't see that you know, they are still babies. <laughs> why? Because, see, that is why they say something about old people. Sorry, what they said here. They are stuck in their ways. At times, it's not necessarily that. It's just that you know, all the jamboree you've gone, they've seen it all. But it is, why am I saying it's important that in a church you understand who a baby is. Why? Because if a baby trips off and they fall, it is the responsibility of the adult there to pick up that child. Amen. So I'm looking at my time quickly. Um, so we have this, those, those stages. Hebrews, let's go to Hebrews 11. That is why he said, let us leave the elementary principles and let us go to perfection. Not laying foundation of repentance again. I have to sit you down and have conversation about 
about assurance of what God has done for you in terms of your eternity. One of the challenges is that, see, I'm, he said, towards faith in God are the doctrine of baptism are laid of heart and the judgment of eternal judgment. See, there are some Christians that are not even sure where they are going. And it is important that you are sure because the Bible is not, is not, the Bible is not this and that. The Bible lays it clearly. But the problem is that, can I just quickly say something as we, as we go? I'm just going to run a scenario to you. Somebody has, somebody has a problem. And I walk up to them. Or I write, or I pray for someone and somebody has a problem. And, um, and I said to them, I said, you know, thank you. Thank you, sir. And I said to them, I said, I said to them, I said, um, I said, if you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus, and you can confess Jesus as your Lord, you are going to be saved. You are saved and your life will be better. And they did as you have said. And they started praying in the name of Jesus. And things began to work well for them. And they started attending regularly. And things like that. Question, is that person saved? See, these are, these are very basic. What the Paul, Paul said, these are basic questions that Christians should be able to understand. If I tell you that God, Jesus will save you, if you come, all your issues are going to be resolved, and I guarantee you, you are going to develop and you give your life to Christ, I lead you through what we call the Priscilla's prayer. I, I lead, I say, you know, conceive after the, I think it's like that. Is that person saved? The answer is no. See, the Bible says, whatsoever you ask in the name of, in my name. So that means, if you ask in the name of Jesus, you will get an answer. Though that does not mean you are saved. So, what is, the, what is the issue about salvation is that you must first of all acknowledge that I cannot help myself in the position of my sinful nature to get into heaven. That is the, when the sadly when we quote this, when people call this scripture, pray the sinner's prayer, we don't really read that entire scripture to know that Paul was talking about Israelites who believe that by their own righteousness, they can enter heaven. That's what Paul was talking about. But what I'm trying to say is that you can lead somebody out thinking that it is all good, but it's not. So, as simple as that may be, it's not that, it's not, we're not saying that you have to condemn somebody, but you know, I tell somebody, somebody say, why are you a Christian? I say, because I cannot enter heaven by myself. I am such a sinner, I cannot 
entitled by myself. So I need Jesus. He said, so do you now continue listening? No, I, am, I live my life in gratitude because he paid the price. I couldn't pay. That's how I live my life as a Christian. Does this make sense? God help us in Jesus' name. So there, there are so many things that, you know, because the way the foundation has been laid for Christians. Because I was, I was having a chat with my woman this she was talking about somebody that she's been praying with at work and the woman said she would not, she's going to give up um, on on God, because she was his her husband believed in God all through his life, and he got sick and he died. And she said that you know they were going about the fact that you know there are you know there are issues may, may happen, things may come up, and things like that. And I said to I said to him, I said, the problem is this. She was sold the wrong gospel. The basis of the gospel, one, is that how to get into heaven. Every other thing, using the name of Jesus to get healed, and things that are additions to it. So somebody can be healed, somebody can do this, and still miss heaven. That's why Jesus said when he was talking, he said, people said that they did this, and they were not lying. And he said, I don't know you. Because the basis, so I said to I said, I said, I said, but if she know that even if sadly the husband passed, you know that his, his destination is settled. So you will not now not give up on that God when you, because, because you think the priority really is about, about him getting healed. If that was what I believed about the gospel, then somebody gets sick and they die, then I will give up on it. But I said to her, I said, the problem is that if she reads the, the story of uh, Nazareth and the rich man, the husband is probably looking down now and saying, you've made a, a great mistake. Because this is not necessarily about what you get. It's about an assurance for something first, then. Because you can serve other gods and get the same result. And you, don't you think so? Babala will heal the sick. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. So that's why Paul that's why Paul was talking about. See, the elementary foundation is that Christians, you are rest assured about your eternal position with God. And that is not based on what you have done, it's based on what Jesus has done. It's based on what Jesus has done. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. So, you have that again in Hebrews chapter 5. Um, let's just Hebrews chapter 5. He said, he said, um, he said, he said, he said, of whom how much am I um, much to say? You are hard to explain. Since you have become dull of hearing, spiritually immature, he said, Though, by this time, you ought to be teaching others. He said, I have to feed you again with the first principles of God. First principles. Now, what was the first principles we were talking about? Yes, ma'am. He said, yeah, he said, he said, he said, um, he said, and you have, you have come to need milk, not solid food. 
For everyone who partake of milk is unskilled in the word of God and their babes. But solid food have those who are of full age and so who, who have come who are of full age, that is those who by reason of use, by reason of use, that has exercised their senses. Reason of use of what? The word of God. They have come to the point where the way they use the word of God, they have exercised themselves to come to that point. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Quickly, just because of our time. Can I have the next one, please? Um, let's go to the, um, uh, the first Timothy. Just because I see the same thing. I found that. Now, see, when you see a Christian, see, these things are not, we would, I would come back to the part where I am, why, why we are talking about this, so that you know where you are and how to progress. When you see a Christian that is talking that, that is saying, that you know, um, after all, there are other people that don't serve God. And they are not doing this. But I am suffering, or whatever the case may be. Now, the, Christ, the difference in a Christian that is moving into maturity versus a Christian that is still in the babyish realm, moving into adulthood and probably still a teenager, is that one compares himself to the world. One is an example to the world. Their aim is to be better off than the world. I think that's the wrong word, but to be an example, so to say. Well, look at me, I'm better off. I'm still a more Christian than the other people. But matured Christians, or Christians going into maturity, because you never get fully mature, going into maturity are those who, who make an example to other believers. He didn't say, Timothy, be an example to one believer. He said, in the midst of believers, there will be young ones there. Be an example to them. That is how maturity comes. The young ones are still looking and saying, well, I'm better off than my friend. At least I prayed yesterday. See, my friend doesn't pray. She sleeps, she sleeps all night long. That, that's okay. But when you are moving into maturity, you are, there are certain things you will not do. Because you don't want younger Christians to have a problem. That is how an adult behaves. When you see, even in your house, you, the, see, when, at times I just, you know, when people say that, why are you treating me differently? After all, this person did this, this person did that. And I too did not, have you ever had Christians like that? But in your home, if Mary does something wrong and Martha does the same thing or retaliates in a particular way, I would speak to Mary, but I would speak more to Martha. Why? Because she is older. That is why at times there are certain things that in what, well, let's put it this way, because it's expected that those in leadership should have more she will have grown into places of maturity. You cannot be a leader and say, you know, um, wh why, did you, why did you talk to me like that? See, that lady, that lady did the same thing. What did you do? 
The problem is that they are still carrying their bottle. They are still feeding on milk. And that's what Paul was talking to Timothy. See, I know you are young. But what you should be doing is be an example to other Christians. So the question is that, have you come to a point where your aspiration is not to be an example to unbelievers alone, but be an example to other Christians? That is going into maturity. You know, there was a time when some people were having exams and they were passing, I don't know how to call it here, but uh, expo, but I don't know what, uh, those who are here, they don't know what they call expo, but <laughs> they call it egu, <laughs> where we come from, uh, malpractices, so, so to say, but it's okay. There is, there, is, there is official malpractices and there is the malpractices of your own. Malpractices of your own is when you write answer on your trouser and you write those, those are <laughs> or the lady on your skirt, on your lap. So as you are writing, you are, you are, you are, you are looking at the answer. Those are, those are individual malpractices. But there is another malpractice is that when you register in that school, part of what you are paying for is that they would come and give you expo. So they will have taken your exam, a copy of an exam script or question paper, taking it to that teacher. The teacher will now write all the answers and put it, give, they will now print the answers out in a paper and give it to everybody in the room. So they will start saying, Number one, A, number two, B, number three. Yes, so they will, they will now say that, you know, at this point, let all this line, number four, B. All these lines, number four, D. So that when, by the time the answer comes out, you will all get good marks, but it will not be the same. Do you get what I'm saying? Amen. Uh, you know, that's why it's good to study Nigeria. You see all those kind, kind of things. <laughs> Amen. So, you now saw, we now saw there was this lady, this young girl, in that example. And they gave her the paperwork, the, um, um, the answers. And she said, I don't need that. She said, why? She said, I'm a Christian, I don't need that. Do you know what happened? There were Christians who went out and started asking God for forgiveness. Why? She became an example to other Christians. Are you at a point where you will do something that will make other Christians' heart prick and go, you know? Or are you at a place where other Christians look at you and they say, ah, you know, we are all in the same boat together. There is something that they call it. I don't know how best to put it. You know? Basically, the heaven is about to break. It's not only one person. Why? One of the things they do in, in those days is that when you see that everybody, when you do exam, and you speak to everybody, everybody say, ah, it is bad, it's bad, it's bad. Then you feel okay. They say, well, huh? <laughs> we are all going to, you know, the heaven is going to fall. Everybody's going to be affected. So, you go home and you sleep. 
well. Not knowing that the day you get your certificate, it will be your name that they write on. They will write the, the whole the whole student card. But those days are, you know, those those days are interesting. Hallelujah. So the part of Christians of getting into maturity is not that you will be a, an example to other believers or other or non-believers, to believers. That is how you move into maturity. That's how you move into maturity. God help us in Jesus' name. So a couple of things as we, as we put this to bed. Acts chapter 2. Now, there was a pattern by which Christians were inducted that Christians were more, where their growth was, was, there was something that they were doing as their growth was, was moving on. The Bible says, and those who believed in, who, who believed Peter were baptized. And the Bible says there were 3,000 in all. Acts chapter 2, 41 to 42. It says that the Bible, that's the living translation. The Bible says that, and they joined with one, they joined with other believers in regular attendance of the apostles' teaching sessions, communion, and prayer meetings. It was a regular thing so that they can keep getting the, the word of God so that they can be, continue to grow. It cannot be this is our principles in the scriptures of how Christians grow. See, when you talk about receiving the word of God, there are, we all learn in diverse ways and the Bible pro gives provision for that. We all learn, everybody learns, but we all learn in diverse ways. And Jesus, not a diverse way, in terms of you can learn in all ways, but your learning is increased when you participate in all, in, in all, all other ways. There are, there are those who learn more, not less, more by doing. That is why Jesus told his disciples, let us go out and let us go and pray. That is why in a Christian life, there has to be the part where you are, where you are working, when the church is organizing or, or having events, prayer services, weekly services. Those things are there for a reason. Because as you, as you learn about prayer during the week, I mean, when we wanted to do prayer service, one of these we're saying is that we would teach prayer during the week, during the, on Sunday, then on, on Friday you will come and practicalize it. Why? Because there has to be the communion services. Communion services is not only that they are hitting. Communion service is the time where you can share your thoughts. You can, you can ask questions. Somebody can ask you questions. That is why you have the Bible study. These, these are avenues. It is not things that we just say, what, what can we do? Let us just plug this there. It is good to have Bible study. That is not the reason why. The reason why is that at this time, when they are doing their teaching sessions, then people come back to have communion services. Then they join in the prayer sessions. 
question is that which of this one are you regularly partaking in? Hallelujah. Amen. I know there is some, we are, we, are all, we are all blessed by Jesus' name. But growth. There are those who learn by hearing. There are those who hear by when they speak. So when you, that is why the Bible calls, the Bible also says that when the apostles were teaching, they had smaller groups also. So that, and the Bible says those smaller groups, they did it in their house. That is, it was not on Sunday. There was a time when they had, that's why when you see in the, in the early church, they came to church every day. We may say that I get the fact that things are busy, but there are certain things that it is there for your development. That is why we do, that is why Christians do not even understand what growth means. I see somebody now who's not, who's not, who, who is not, you know, they, they can, they, there is no place for them to, they don't have commu a community that they partake in communion services with. Or prayer meetings. I'm not saying your prayer time. Prayer meetings. Where they all gather. And you can be called. So yeah, come and pray this Friday. You come and pray that Friday. Why? We are developing ourselves. You are building your capacity. That is, that is one of the ways by, that is the way by which Christians move from one level to another. God help us in Jesus' name. So, Philippians 2, 12. Now, we are not saying that by growing in, as a Christian, you are going to hand your salvation. The Bible says, walk out. It didn't say hand your salvation. Walk out your salvation. That means there is something inside of you that you can develop. But if you don't partake in these things, you will not be able to move yourself from one level to another. Are the last scriptures we have? Yeah. Now, he said, for these reasons, give all diligence. Do you know what diligence is? deliberately make sure that these things are you are not just you are actively going after it he said hard hard to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge to that control and to control and, and to and, and to self-control perseverance godliness so make sure that see do you see anywhere here where he says tongues those are gifts. Do you see anywhere where he says preaching? Now, one thing I want us to hand with as we go on, he said, to your, to your godliness, brotherly kindness, love. What is he saying? Loving the body of Christ. Loving the fellowship. If I love the fellowship so much, I will make sure somebody else comes in to pass take in that love. It's interesting to me that when he was going to finish it off, your peak of development is that no matter how great you are, your passion for the church, 
That's why it says brotherly love. Your passion for the church would always be at the pitch. And this is, these are things that I think any Christian should, should take as your motto. Why? Because he said, if you, if, sorry, for if these things are yours and abound, so that means that you don't also have them, you keep on increasing them. And you will, you will neither be barren or unfruitful. That means that you cannot partake in these things and you are constantly monitoring your development, your growth, and you become unfruitful or barren in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's continue. He said, for lack of these things, is short-sighted. When people say, you know, I don't need all the, you see, what, what does um, fellowship, um, how, what, I pray, what does it matter? You know, I just come and pray and go. It is, I, I don't have to be part of something. He said, it is short-sightedness. Those who partake in those kind of things, they are short-sighted. So this is verse 9, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9. He says, he says, he has, he said, and he said, even, even to blindness, and has forgotten that they were once cleansed from sins. Christians who do not understand this, they don't even understand that they were saved. That's what he's saying. A Christian who cannot identify where they are in their journey. Therefore, brethren, even more, be more diligent to make your calling and election sure. This is not your title. He said, for if you do these things, I can hand it here, and I'm going to hand it here. He said, you will never stumble. Somebody said that, you know, there is no way a Christian cannot stumble. I said, the Bible says, if you do these things, you will never stumble. So when I stumble, I need to go back and read. What I, where, what, where, where, where have I gone wrong? What have I not had it? What have I stopped hiding? The Bible said, you will never, you will never stumble. He said, for so the entrance, will, sorry, for so an entrance will be supplied to you into the everlasting kingdom. So basically, God will keep supplying you as you are hiding, as you are making efforts to increase in that journey. Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.